especially as nurses, we have a lot of emotions that come up all the time and we are often not able to address them straight away. And often, even just in normal day to day, society today is very much pushes away emotions and we don't know how to experience them and how to work through them. Our coping mechanisms are to avoid and we push them down and save them for later and then we push them down further. And each time we keep building and pushing these emotions down, they are eventually wanting to have somewhere to go. Welcome to the Happy Nurse Podcast. Nurses are the backbone of healthcare, always there to care for strangers as if they were one of their own, often forsaking special moments with their own family in order to ensure another's loved one is being cared for. As nurses, self-care is essential. I am Elena Mullery, nurse educator and self-care mentor for nurses. I'm an RN with 20 years of clinical experience. I have first-hand experience of stress and burnout. It was this experience which led me to develop a passion for personal development and pursue the study of mindfulness, meditation, hypnotherapy, and neuro-linguistic programming. Each episode, I will be promoting self-care strategies to those who always care for others. I have broken self-care down into five aspects mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, and indulgence to make it easy to ensure all your self-care needs are being met. Each episode, I will interview nurses and self-care gurus from around the world to help you with each aspect of your self-care. Welcome to the Happy Nurse Podcast with Elena Mullery. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Happy Nurse with Elena Mullery. Today I am joined by the lovely Shombri Ferrier. Shombri has been a guest previously on the show and today I have asked her back so we can have a chat about meditation and its benefits. Shombri is a registered nurse, a Reiki master and practitioner and is studying a postgrad degree in psychology. Through her own journey with physical and mental health challenges, she found a disconnection between the treatment of mental and physical health. Throughout her nursing career, she's found similar comparisons when looking after her patients. Welcome back, Shombri. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's very exciting to be back. And I'm really looking forward to this episode. I promised the listeners a few, quite a number of episodes ago that I would do an episode just on meditation. And I thought, rather than me just speaking about meditation, it would be good to open up a conversation with someone else around it. And I thought, who better than yourself? So Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I love meditation. It's one of my saving graces. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. It's very important. Yeah. I always say I teach meditation unconventionally. And I... I'm not one to sit there in the lotus position chanting on. That's not me. (laughs) As I was saying to you before we went live, I now don't really often sit down to meditate. It's not something that I, I think about doing because it's something that I just automatically do throughout the day. I see meditation as 
an extension of my mindfulness practice. So you can meditate, when you look at it in this way, you can meditate when you're washing the dishes, when you're out walking the dog. I do it when I'm out on my paddleboard. Because when you're mindful, when you're present and aware and you don't have any judgment to the thoughts that are coming in or the feelings that you're having, that is meditation because you're present in that moment. And meditation is just an extension of that. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, absolutely. When I, I still often have a daily practice where I will sit in meditation because I find that that clears my head. But exactly the same as you, Elena, I, I often have my own practices where it's not a formal type of meditation. I used to do a lot and lot of swimming and you just find that you get into that state of meditation and you come out feeling better than you did beforehand. You get into a, a, a repetition and a routine with your own breath work and it really clears the mind and relaxes the nervous system. Yeah, it does. It's, um, it's all about being present, I think, because when we're completely present, we're aware of what's going on in our heads because like, thoughts will come in. You can't stop thinking. We're human. But it's not giving energy to those thoughts. It's about realizing they've come in and just letting them go again because it's when we give them that energy and we go off down what I call the rabbit warren and we we end up like five kilometers down the road <laughs> and we've created this mountain out of a molehill as the <laughs> the saying goes you know and um it's being aware when that is actually happening and if you do start to go down that rabbit warren it's okay but when you realize you are, you pull yourself back out and just refocus mm. and recenter on the present moment. And one great way to do that is always just to take a couple of deep breaths because that just grounds you back in the present moment again. Yeah, definitely. And they, I mean, they are the, the typical benefits of meditation. And some, like, I use meditation a lot in my mind brain. Um, when I look at the three brain model, the physical health, the mental health and the emotional health and the mind brain, it's all about our mental health. And it is that stopping that monkey mind that you talk about, Elena, and the mind chatter. It clears our head. It clears our minds. If we're in a state of brain frog, brain fog, sorry, from, um, from too much thinking, it really allows us to relax our nervous system and we can get out of that state of fight or flight and back into our rest and digest. And you can even use it to answer questions. You can just sit there and because your head is so clear, you can just get all the answers that you need to come to you. It's like you say, it's allowing yourself to have awareness around your thoughts. And so gradually through that awareness, you begin to be able to choose what thoughts you want to focus on. And through that, the more that you do this practice, you really begin to even stop noticing the negative thoughts and stop second guessing yourself because you are focused mainly on those positive ones. And of course, we are human and we're always going to have negative thoughts, but choosing and having the power and that empowerment within ourselves to say thank you but that's not very helpful i'm going to choose this thought and bring yourself back from from going down that spiral 
Yeah, and we've all got that inner critic in us. It's it's always there and it's always going to be there, but it's almost making it your friend rather than your foe. And Mm. when it does raise its head, acknowledging it and saying, yeah, but today I'm choosing this and replacing it with something that is more empowering and more uplifting than these thoughts that tend to keep us small and stop us in our tracks and keep us in that kind of fear-based way of thinking, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's they, they can come in and they'll always come in and it's being able to to stop them in their tracks and saying, thank you. Um, yeah, becoming, a, becoming friends with them. I love that idea of becoming, making friends because so it's so easy to, I suppose, shame ourselves for having negative thoughts and then we push them away and push them away. And then we have shame for having those thoughts and then that's how that spiral happens. So even if we're not necessarily focusing on the negative thoughts themselves, being frustrated ourselves from having those thoughts, you're still giving that energy to those, to those thoughts. And to be able to acknowledge them that they're there and have awareness and say, thank you, great, have, it, have gratefulness around those thoughts, that they are there and they're there to maybe remind you that maybe I'm not putting some boundaries in or maybe I'm not saying, speaking what I need to, to be able to pull ourselves back and go, okay, that's a little reminder, thank you but I'm going to choose to focus on this. Yeah, beautiful. I mean, I think I've mentioned it in a previous episode. If I had listened to that little voice in my head, I wouldn't be sitting here today recording a podcast because it was going, who do you think you are to have your own podcast? Like, (laughs) why would anyone want to listen to you? But it was, it was about becoming aware of, that thought that was going around in my head and having the courage to say do you know what I hear you I acknowledge you but this is something I'm passionate about and this is I'm going to do it anyway and I think Mm. having that courage and that vulnerability to actually just say I don't know I it's just it's like our ego and our ego feeds off negativity and it likes staying in our comfort zone even if that is holding ourselves back and we may want to go further and take that leap of faith or step out of our comfort zone a little bit more but we will have that yeah who do you think you are to be able to do that why would you have a podcast you can't do that and to be able to have awareness and say thank you like okay this is my edge this is my comfort zone I'm going to now just see if I can edge it out a little bit more and take one more step closer And you will feel that dissolve. And through meditation, you can bring yourself back to the presence of relaxing through fear, through the fear and acknowledging it and accepting it and then just allowing it to be there. Yeah, and I almost see fear as fuel now because I think I'm going to prove this inner critic wrong almost Mm. and I that's how I've made it my friend because I know when it starts to raise its head and get its voice gets a bit louder it's because I am scared and I am pushing that boundary of my comfort zone and I always think it's a good thing because it's reminding me that I am doing what I love and what I'm passionate about and about trying to make the change in the culture and nursing and 
encourage us all to look after ourselves a bit more. So, yeah, there's always fear in the background, but it's just about allowing it to fuel us, not to stop us in our tracks. Yes, yes, I love that. And um, we are, in a sense, creators of our reality. And whatever we focus on, we will turn those into beliefs and then those into our actions. And that, that's a model that's frequently used in the cognitive behavioural therapy within mental health. And if we're constantly focusing on those negative emotions, then we're going to have negative belief patterns and then consequently our actions will be that negativity and we'll step back from what we want to do. So if we can create our reality by creating awareness around our thoughts to have beliefs of more positive actions for ourselves and then creating our life around that, it's going to have a huge impact on dissolving that fear. It's like positive tension. Yeah, definitely. And it is. It's allowing that fear to fuel us and to drive us forward and not hold us back. Because when it's holding us back, that's when we are going into shame, like you said. And that's a whole other episode on its own. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> we won't go there with the shame today. We'll stay focused on the mindfulness of meditation. If you enjoy meditating or you would like to give meditation a try, why not head on over to happynurse.com.au forward slash meditation to download my free guided meditation for stress and anxiety relief. It's 12 minutes of pure self-care. We were going to now take you through a bit of a what they call a body scan meditation. This is something they use in cognitive behavioural therapy. And it's actually one of the first forms of meditation I was introduced to back in, oh gosh, 2004, when I sought help for the grief I was going through following my brother's death. So, And that's what opened me up to this concept of mindfulness and meditation and led me on this path that I'm now way down. But yeah, Shambri is going to take us through a basic body scan meditation. So if you're listening to this while you're driving, um, maybe pause or just... Um, pull over. <laughs> yeah, pull over. Like, do, if you are driving right now, don't engage in the don't meditation, the okay? That's our disclaimer because um, we don't want anyone doing this while they're driving. But yeah. if you're not driving, then go for it get ready and relax <laughs> okay so wherever you are whether you're sitting or lying down i just invite you to get into a really comfortable position one where your spine is straight and that you're not going to feel any feelings of uncomfortableness i invite you to now close down your eyes and take three deep breaths in through your nose and out through your nose two more breaths in and out and in last one and out I now invite you to draw your attention to your toes. 
just feeling any sensations that are there. Up to your feet and the soles of your feet, just noticing the connection that they make with the floor. Your heels, your ankles. Is there any tension there? Going further up our calves. Can you feel the material of your clothes? Can you feel the ground under your legs holding you? Further up to our knees and just relax them, let them go. Our thighs. If you get to a point that feels uncomfortable, I invite you to just breathe there and just notice the feeling. Whether there's pain, itching, don't try to analyse it, just allow it to be there, just noticing it. Up to our hip, we often hold a lot of tension in our hips. A lot of emotions can be stored in our hips, so just breathe through and let them go. Into our pelvis, our torso, our stomach, feeling it expand as we inhale and lower as we exhale. Our ribs, again, just feeling the expansion. You might be able to tune in to the beat of your heart. Coming up to the shoulders, allowing your shoulders to relax if there's any tension there. Let them fall back if you're lying on the ground and down if you're sitting. Down your arms to your elbows. Your forearms and the tips of your fingers. Again, just noticing if they're making any contact with the floor. Any tingling sensations. Drawing our awareness back to our neck. In stressful lives, we hold so much tension in our shoulders and our neck. And in this breath, we're just going to let that go. Our jaw. Let that relax. Our tongue can fall. We'll just rest on the top of our mouth. Feeling our ears, our nose, our eyes, relaxing our forehead, 
to the tip of the crown of our head. I'm just noticing how your body's feeling at this moment. Just noticing if anything came up for you, you felt uncomfortable in any way. Just allow it to be there. If you can pinpoint any part of your body that feels uncomfortable. Again, not analyzing, just breathing and noticing. And slowly bringing some awareness to your fingertips and your toes as you come back into awareness of the room. And slowly opening your eyes. And welcome back. That was awesome. I joined in with that with you, Sean Bree. Thank you. And you're welcome. I think it is very powerful to do that body scan because not only does it get us to stop and just take stock for a minute, but it also gets us out of our heads and back into our bodies because we spend so much time in our heads, like ruminating and going round and round in circles and thinking about stuff. We spend very little time actually focusing on our bodies and what our bodies need. When I get stressed, and, and I now know it's one of my tr signals that I am stressed. I start to clench my jaw. Mm. That to me is a big signal that, that something's going on that I'm not paying attention to and that I'm worrying about something or stressing about something. And the other thing I do, which this is me being really vulnerable here, but I think there's a lot of people who do do it. I start counting things, like random things. Like yeah, stressed, and I don't know if anyone else will relate to this, but I'm going to share it because we all have these quirks that we do. It's like, you know, if there's multiple things, especially like tiles on the floor, I will start counting how many there are, and that's mm. a signal to me that I'm stressed and I'm avoiding thinking about something because I'm counting something stupid instead. So I don't know if that makes sense. I hope someone else out there that makes sense to but I'm just sharing that and it's knowing these little signals and these triggers that and being aware of them so that we can then start to dig deeper and look to see what is actually behind this behavior that we've got or this feeling that we have in our bodies does that make sense yeah absolutely it does noticing that you're avoiding something can and definitely the, the repetitive counting is is that your body and your mind is in that state of stress that it is now having to focus on something other than what it should be focusing on because it's just trying to get out of that space it's trying to get you to focus elsewhere rather than what you're what you're focused on mine has always been 
just mind chatter before sleep or finding really random things to freak out about and just getting straight into that stress, that stress mode. And being able to come back into your body, I find that there is that big disconnect. And when we are in a state of stress and overwhelm, we are constantly all in our head. And we no longer feel anything from our neck down. And I believe that our bodies are huge communicators to us. And like you say, Elena, your jaw, stress, I get headaches. And I'll often realize that when I'm, when I'm in theater standing, I'll notice if I'm stressed because my shoulders are like up past my ears <laughs> and I'm thinking, or oh, I've stopped breathing. And it's like, oh, hang on, start breathing and relax your shoulders and stand up. I immediately stand like three feet taller and my shoulders can't drop down. And dropping back, being able to drop back into your body really quickly, the more you do this practice with a body scan, is you can quickly scan what's happening and what are the, what are the cues that my body's giving me that I'm in a little bit of, of tension. Yeah, totally. And it's, I think once you're aware of where you tend to store it or the behaviours you tend to start following or doing, the more you can actually kind of create a change in this and start implementing things to help you get out of that stress that you're in much quicker. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's like a circuit breaker. Mm, that's the word, yeah. That counting thing has bothered me since I was a kid. It's really weird. It's something I've always, always done. It's all, almost like a coping mechanism when I'm stressed. And, and I don't do it that often now, but I do know that when I start, I'm like, whoa, there's something serious I'm not listening to here. And yeah, I have to go digging deeper and work out what it is that I'm not paying attention Yeah. And counting is, is also, there's another medita a meditation where you can literally count and you're counting as you breathe. It's Zazen and it's like a Japanese breathing meditation. And as you breathe up, it's like breathe in one, two, out, three, four, in five, six, out, seven, eight. And as you go up, you have to try and get to 12. But every time a thought comes in, you have to go back to one, two, three, four. And so you're trying to make that so it can, you know, your body is telling you, like, I need to, I need to meditate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm starting counting to zone out. Meditate. <laughs> yeah, so I always say that our emotions, especially, are kind of the barometer for our health. And I know you think the same way. So in the last episode, you spoke about how suppressing our emotions can be, um, I've totally lost my train of thought today. Should have done that. <laughs> Detrimental to our health. <laughs> <laughs> There's consequences to avoiding our emotions. Definitely. Yeah. So when, especially as nurses, we have, we have a lot of emotions that come up all the time and we are often not able to address them straight away. And we also need to sometimes compartmentalise that if we are in a stressful situation, 
we may have to separate that and push it, push it away for later while we deal with what we're dealing with. And then we often forget to deal with it later and to bring that back and to experience what we needed to experience at the time. And often, even just in normal day-to-day, society today is very much pushes away emotions and we don't know how to experience them and how to work through them. And so we'll, our coping mechanisms are to avoid and we push them down and save them for later and then we push them down further and each time we keep building and pushing these emotions down they are eventually wanting to have somewhere to go and so they almost start bubbling away like a kettle and once they've boiled and passed their boiling point they're either going to want to explode the top off and that's huge state of overwhelm and breakdown and that's everything's just going to hit you at once or you squish it down so far that they're going to manifest within your body. And that is when I believe physical manifestations and illness, injury and disease really come up within our body because we are not, we're not expressing our emotions. And there are so many, so many different ways that we can do that through just understanding and allowing our emotions, accepting them and then being able to release them. I call it listening, experiencing, and then releasing. Yeah, beautiful. And that whole overwhelm, I created a model of going from a burnt out to a happy nurse. And I started it with like being burnt out and then you moved up to, you move up even to being stressed out and then overwhelmed and then cruising along and then you become this happy nurse. And... I see overwhelm as that tipping point because when we get to that overwhelm state, we are starting to become quite reactive. That negative self-talk we were speaking about earlier starts to kind of gain a bit more of a voice, gets a bit louder maybe. We start to feel like we're unsupported. We're letting our emotional boundaries be pushed further than we would really like to. We feel like we're sacrificing our time and our energy for others and not looking after ourselves as much as we should. But we're also seeking external validation. So that's why we then let these boundaries start to be pushed. And when we're in this state of overwhelm and experiencing all these thoughts and emotions and feelings, that as I said, I see it as the tipping point. We can either address what's going on and start working towards going to what I call the cruising along, where we are starting to get back control and feeling a bit more supported, you know, practicing a bit more of a kind of optimistic outlook. Um, getting control of that mind chatter, like turning the volume on it down a bit, just putting the boundaries back in place. Because if we don't do that, we're on the slippery slope down to burnout, where we end up in the whole feeling shame, blame, guilt, not good enough. You become disengaged, you become detached, life starts to get really chaotic. I mean, you don't want to go there. So 
if we can recognize when overwhelm is starting to kick in, we can start to make amends so that we don't end up going down that path to burnout. Does that make sense? Yes, yeah, it definitely does. I mean, I have a similar model to you, Elena, and it's a three, our three brains of protective mechanisms. And it's our emotional health, followed by our mental health, and then our physical health. And once you're at physical health, you've got to start building your way back up again. But if we can stop it in its tracks at its first little, our, um, our heart brain, I call it, our emotional health, and we can deal with those things at the time, then we can stop that spiral of going into our, into our overwhelm. Yeah, it makes, it makes complete sense. Yeah, because... Like I often find myself in overwhelm just because of life. And I mean, I'm the one who promotes self-care, you know, and, and I can get that negative thoughts going in my head. Like, who are you? Why are you overwhelmed? You teach this stuff. But I'm also human. I'm also a mom. I'm a nurse. You know, I'm a busy woman. And it's very easy for me to, especially when it comes to the kids, I do let those boundaries slip at times. And I know when I am starting to do it and I hit that overwhelm and I think, no, 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 enough's enough. I'm not going down to burnout. I've been there before. It's not a nice place to be. And that's when I start to make amends. And, and before I know it, I'm back up at happy nurse. But there's no shame in hitting that overwhelm point. And we all get there at some point in our lives and probably quite frequently in our lives, just depending on what's going on at the time. But I've always found if I do hit that overwhelm, just taking a few kind of breaths and um, really reassessing what's going on and what I've let slip and where I actually need to pay some attention before I start to become physically unwell. Yeah, it's, you can look at it, we can look at it more as a, a reminder, a reminder of where we're at and to, yeah, you need to reassess what's going on at the moment for you because then we can bring ourselves back faster. And so looking at breath work is another beautiful way we can integrate a bit of mindfulness and a bit of meditation because it's that can, it also, I suppose, facilitates the connection between our mind and the body and the breath is as you, I know you've said before Elena it's we all need the breath that's how we survive and it is something that we always have and something we can always come back to and the simplest one I love to do is if you get in a comfortable position I'll take you through it quickly again if you're driving stop or pull over or don't do this one and, and play it at home later when you've gotten home from driving if you sit up or lie down wherever you are in a comfortable in a comfortable position and just shut down the eyes place one or both hands just on your belly resting on and what we're simply going to do is breathe into our belly and you're going to feel it expand as you inhale and you're going to feel it retract as you exhale and doing five deep belly breaths brings you back into your body again it calms the nervous system 
and relaxes the body. And when we are in a state of stress, we start breathing with our shoulders and our rib cage. And we're not actually getting the oxygen where we need it to get to. It's just that hyperventilation almost. And allowing our breath to even visualize it going into our belly, you are able to get more oxygen into your body, have a deeper breath, and it's, and it's more of a connection back to your body again. And it's the simplest one that you can do, even just standing still, if you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed, just hands on your stomach, breathing into your belly. And you'll find that you're just, you're back in the present and feel really centered again. Yeah, it's very powerful, the breath work. And there's so many different variations of it. But your breath is always there. So it's something that's not going to elude you. If you are getting anxious or you feel yourself getting overwhelmed, being able to go back to that breath and using it as a tool to center yourself is very, very powerful. I know I, I work in recovery, as I've shared with you all before, and we um, often get patients wake up and all the anxiety from beforehand comes out post-operatively because they've had all the drugs to um, relax them. And we quite often get panic attacks. And when this happens, I always encourage them to start breathing deeply because it just helps to get them out of their heads and back into their bodies. And it usually 95% of the time, it has a really good effect. Definitely, because there's that, there's that element of confusion as well where they, you, there is that separation for a moment under, under the medications that they're feeling a little bit weird and they don't know how they're feeling and they're trying to figure out what's going on at the same time. And it brings them back into their body and back with their breath and they can you can rationalize again because when you are in a state of stress when you're in fight or flight all rational thinking goes and to be able to bring yourself back into that rational rationalizing back into your thoughts and coming back to the breath it yeah it works whether you're in recovery or or not i think it's perfect yeah and it's just it's reassurance as well like in that scenario, that they're safe, you know, because everyone's always really scared when they go to theatre. Mm, yeah. Yeah, the reassurance and the focusing on their breath, and it just, yeah, it does help to settle them back down. Like, mm. Gives you that sense of control back over your body as well. Yeah, completely. Yeah. So, yeah, this episode's gone off on a few different tangents, but it's been <laughs> fun. <laughs> And yeah, I think it's um, brought awareness that meditation is not all sitting in the lotus position, chanting on. It is that extension to your mindfulness practice. And the stronger your mindfulness practice, the easier it is to meditate. And I mean, as I said earlier, I do it without even realizing I'm doing it now because I have got such a strong mindfulness practice these days. And when we can be mindful and we are present and aware and we don't judge what's going on in our heads, I think we can turn up as much better caregivers for our patients because we're not caught up in that hamster wheel of thoughts that are running round and round in our heads. What do you think, Sean Green? Yeah, 
I completely agree, completely agree. It is always something that you can come back to. You'll always have it. Even if you have two minutes a day to come back into your mindfulness practice or meditation, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whether that's with the breath or a body scan, it's, it's always there for you. Yeah, and like there are so, so many different forms of meditation. It's, it's too hard to kind oh. of try and cover them all. But there are some awesome apps out there that I always recommend if you are looking to further your mindfulness and meditation practice. And those are Headspace and Calm. I'll put the links in the show notes. And there's also another beautiful one called Insight Timer, and it's free as well. And I actually have my 12-year-old son. He listens to it every night at bedtime because <laughs> trouble settling to sleep. And it's got hundreds, in fact, I think it's thousands of different free meditations on it. So, yeah, I'll put all the links to these in the show mm-hmm. notes. And if any of you ever have any questions around mindfulness and meditation, please just drop me an email my email is elena at happynurse.com.au and i'll put links to sean bray's um facebook page in the show notes too and you can reach out to her if you have any questions for her as well is there anywhere else we can find you sean bray apart from yeah i am on instagram at intuitive well-being sean bray and um, my website, I'll give you Elena as well, is www.intuitivewellbeingshambri.com. Awesome. So, yeah, if you want any more information, hit us up there. And I have got a free um, meditation for stress and anxiety on my website that I promote in most of the podcast episodes. So that one is free to download too. Thank you for joining me, Shambri. It's been fun recording this. And um, I look forward to working with you again soon. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm very looking forward to more, more work together. Thank you for listening to the Happy Nurse Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's content and would like to join the Happy Nurse community, head over to Facebook and check out the Happy Nurse AU Facebook page and request to join the Happy Nurse community. Also, check out happynurse.com.au for access to free downloads and subscription to my blog. See you soon. And in the meantime, remember to always offer yourself the same compassion that you so freely give to others.